Welcome to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast with Alex Mead. I've invited sales, marketing, and business leaders to discuss their successes, failures, and everything else in between. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Mead. And today we are having a conversation with Ike Kahal. Um, and Ike formed a company, started a company called Social 27. And it's really about virtual events powered by smart automation. And, you know, obviously we've just gone through this pandemic where everything went virtual, everything went online, every people, you know, most people are remote. Conferences and events are starting to come back, but still there's a lot of, I think people realized a lot of the benefits of having things done remotely, done virtual, you know, might be more efficient. People might get more out of it. And, you know, Ike spent, you know, six, seven years at Microsoft kind of leading a global, um, you know, the global lead for the mobility partner program and kind of realized, you know, through that experience that, you know, there's a need to get more people this information, but companies may not be able to spend that cost to send everyone to the big conference. And, you know, the conversation with Ike around virtual events, what's the future of events, you know, in moving forward as we're starting to open things back up uh, and, and like what companies can take away from what we've learned in the last 12 months, last 16 months. So listen in, really excited for you to, you know, hear this conversation. Enjoy. All right. Welcome to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Mead. And today we have the CEO of Social 27, Ike Cahill. Ike, welcome. Thank you, Alex, for having me. Um, it's a pleasure. Yeah, so, so you know, Social 27 is really kind of, a, it really focuses on virtual virtual events and a platform to host those, right? Is that is that a correct, uh, quick quick summary? Yeah, pretty much, Alex. That's, a, that's our focus area. Uh, we help our customers do virtual and very soon hybrid events, uh, you know, to really kind of make sure that they're in touch with their community, their customers, and so forth. Yeah. So, obviously... The last 14, 18 months have been extremely transformative. And I've, I was kind of curious, like you have a great platform for now. Were you always focused on, you know, did you see this need for virtual events coming? So have you, were you focused on this before the pandemic or was this a shift because of the pandemic? So actually, uh, I used to work at Microsoft a while ago and used to do worldwide events there. Um, and I found... I'm talking about year 2000 to year 2008, 2009, long time ago. And uh, just found how it wasn't scalable and we used to spend crazy amounts of money all over the world. So I actually left Microsoft in 2008 to found uh, Source 27 with my brother, who's also the CTO and the co-founder. He was a dev and I was the guy with the crazy ideas. And so we <laughs> that was what we, we actually launched the first version of our virtual event platform in 2012. Wow. So we've done this for a while, uh, but... You know, we've done virtual, which was mostly hybrid at that stage, continued to be hybrid for a while. We did lots of learning stuff and everything else. So 2019 was when we kind of went back to the drawing board on our site to integrate the latest and greatest from technology perspective, AI, machine learning, and so forth, to re-architect our solution for the next gen of events, mostly hybrid in mind. But it so happened that when we went to market in early 2020 with our latest version of our platform, COVID came. And then at that stage, we were there to help our customers with mostly virtual. But then obviously now a lot of our customers are already planning hybrid events and so forth. 
Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that's uh, that's good luck for you guys in that sense that yeah. you were you were yeah. well equipped. So did you did you get an influx of you know small medium corporations coming to you and saying we got to keep doing some you know we're missing these trade shows we're missing these events corporate trainings like I mean everything uh, yeah. everything in yeah. between did you get just an influx that said help us. Figure, like help us figure out what the next step is? Pretty much. Yeah, that was like, uh, I would say my middle of last year. Uh, they all realized that this wasn't something which was for a couple of months. This was going to here, be here for a little while, COVID. And so, yeah, we got lots of people calling us frantically. I mean, especially from at least our customers to start with. A lot of our customers we've been working with over the years and then a lot of new customers. Yeah, uh, They were just like, well, I've got an event literally in 60 days. Like, help me do it. You know, so it was... Most of our customer set is in the mid-market, upper mid-market, and enterprise. That has been our focus area. So we were not necessarily focused on the SMB space, and we still are not. Um, you know, our platform is more geared towards larger corporations and larger associations. Yeah. yeah. So associations that were putting on three-day conferences in Vegas that needed a place mm -hmm. to still provide value to their, you know, to the association. Absolutely. Because again, there was no way for people to meet and everybody has goals. You know, the corporations have the goals of sales and revenue associations there to make sure that their community could get together, network, do their, you know, learning credits and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, again, we've been in those, both those spaces for a little while. So we understand that market pretty well. Yeah. And so, yeah, we were there to help our customers uh, when they needed us most. Yeah. So what, I, like, let's, let's rewind back to your uh, days at Microsoft or, or as you were, you were founding this company uh, with your brother, like then I think everybody wanted to be, we didn't know better. So being in person was the thing that to do work trips, you know, like the whole, the whole yes. thing you get, it's like almost perks of some mm -hmm. jobs going to Vegas once a year. Yeah. So why, why yeah. virtual events? Like what made you realize that there could be a need to have virtual a hybrid, you know, you were more hybrid at that stage. Like what, what told you to do this? Like what was the trigger in your mind? I, I'll be honest, Alex, for me, sports was the biggest inspiration because people go and watch sports, you know, in the stadium, but 99% of the audience is online in some way or form, yeah. you know, so it's the scale you can reach. I'm, I'm not saying that the in-person events will are bad or will go away. No, they won't. The point is that there's a, there's, there's so many people who want access to that experience, to that content. And there's only the chosen few, the usual suspects from every company who get to go to these events. But there's so many people who are, you know, from that same team and whatever reason be cannot go, you know, and so, but they want this information. So I think it is just a need which people have not focused on as much. And they've always kind of kept it behind a walled garden mm -hmm. that you can only come here if you have the budget. You can only yeah. come here if you're a certain level of person and spend so much money, which I don't think is the right way to do it. You know, it's the same thing as when you put a, a, a gate in front of an ebook. I mean, you tell me how many times you gave them a real email address. <laughs> okay, so the point is like gated content doesn't work. Gated events don't work. You need to get this information out there, you know, and just like sports, right? So like let people participate. You can make money in many different yeah. ways. I mean, professional sports makes crazy money, yeah. but they don't do it by just doing a wall garden for their content, right? Yeah, that's interesting. So, but when, uh, before the pandemic, you know, when I think of uh, hybrid events before that, so we're, we're a HubSpot agency. So, you know, going to, going yeah. to inbound, 
you know, we're all the way on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Going inbound all the way in Massachusetts was a, was it's a big expense, so we rarely you know go because yeah. it's a big expense. So I would yeah. watch, uh, I would live, I would watch the live stream, and it was kind of a live stream either on YouTube or on their homepage. Was that essentially the platform with some additional features, or did you kind of rethink how to how to get an event like that into a virtual space? Yeah. So very good, uh, by the way, very good point there, Alex. The, the, that is how virtual events were done. It was pretty much the keynote and a yeah. few more sessions will be live streamed on my homepage. That's it. You don't get to go to the rest of those 50 other sessions that you really wanted to go to. Sorry, you know, come over here next year. That is how the world has been operating. The point is that, first of all, it was a cost associated to it, right? Because even video streaming from an event venue is super expensive. So even though we got into this space in like 2012, we could not see massive uh, uptake. Why? Because first of all, the technology wasn't there yet, right? So I mean, right now, the speeds that everybody has at home on their devices, the streaming is so yeah. perfect. I mean, look at us talking right now, right? So everybody's figured out how to, how to be in front of a camera, how to use their microphone. Everybody's yeah. done all that. So it was that perfect storm, which actually brought this in to the world. We were a little early, I would say that, right? That's first thing. Secondly, yes, companies in most cases were like, you know what, it's good enough for me to you know, make sure that I have an event. I, it's so expensive to stream from every room. No yeah. way I can do that. Right. So the point is now all of that is gone. You use, you know, a bunch of these tools, Microsoft Teams, Zoom, whatever be to stream from anywhere. So you have a speaker who's sitting in China, in you know, Yugoslavia, Czech, Czech Republic, whatever, you know, who are st- sitting there and streaming their session from there. You don't need to pay for them to come here. So you got the participation from like everywhere all across the world, you know, and uh, you're able to do that at a fraction of the price. So I think it's the technology which has really enabled these new experiences. And yes, now is the time where people have realized that, wow, why do I need to send 100 people to this event? I don't. Send those 10 people and the rest of them can actually participate, watch the content. But most importantly, after you watch the content, Alex, you got yeah. questions. Your mind, your mind is sparked now. So then you want to network. You want to talk to people about the content you just watched. right? So that is where we come in. It's not just about getting the content into the hands of the people light the spark you know in their minds and then give them all the opportunities to find the right people to actually take that conversation and create action around it right so uh, traditionally events have all been about excite the world excite the community and then let them go until next year yeah which doesn't make any sense because now you're sending them off to your yeah. competitor so goal for us is like why do that you know so i personally believe that traditionally events have all been about the uh, the event is in the middle the attendee attendees revolve around it kind of like sheep from one room to the other but the world has changed it's the world of personalization um you know when you go to chipotle you personalize you know your food there you go to spotify you personalize your music and so forth right so the point is the event has to revolve around the needs of each individual attendee versus the other way around right because that's the world we live in that's what people want so that is you know what we focus on which is you come in you know and you the engine tells you hey you know based upon your you know uh, information here's some recommendations for content here's some recommendations for those 50 people out of 5000 you should meet and out of those 100 booths in there here's the 30 you should go and check out right so that helps them optimize their time and they get more yeah, value yeah it's a better it. customer experience because you get the personalized value Certainly. that you 
are looking for out of that. Um, you go to the you go to the floor of a trade show with two hundred booths. When there, you're right, there are probably a hundred yeah. that you don't even don't even need to be in your yeah. sphere of influence. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I like. I really like the concept of. Uh, well, first, I like the analogy of uh, ordering Chipotle. You can get it very customized, but that the attend the the event is around each individual attendee, not just this group of people anymore. It is it is Alex. What is important to Alex? What is important to Ike? What's important to you know the next person? And I think it's taking it's taking the idea of personalized content. It's taking the idea of knowing exactly who your persona is to write the right content to solve the right challenges and just expanding and taking it further and knowing what would be the right people to meet, like you said, right, what sessions, what booths that just saves time. And, and, you know, for everybody. No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I also talk about sometimes, you know, with my customers, you know, it's, it's the analogy of, you know, when you go into a big mass, even when you go into a hundred person networking event, like it's overwhelming. He's like, who am I supposed to talk? I got an hour in here. Like, where do I start? Which person do I start with? The point is, it's, like, it's the whole thing, right? You need to kiss a hundred frogs to find a prince or a princess. Who wants to do that? No one. So the point is, you know what? Let me help you find the princess or the prince. Do not have to kiss those hundred frogs, you know? And so the same concept goes for content, for the booths and everything else. You go into the booth area, it's like a used car lot in there. Everybody's yeah. like, hey, come over here. What do you do? You know, it's, like, it's so overwhelming as well. It's in intimidating. Unless you just want the free t-shirts, you know, that's a separate story. So the point is, you know, let me help you optimize your time it's not like buyers don't want to buy it. They want to buy it. They just don't want the wrong conversations, which takes them forever to sift through, you know, that haystack, right? So that is what where we come in, which is let me take that friction out. Let me figure that part out with my with data in the back end to give you the right recommendations, you know, so that you can find, you know, your prince, your princess, your hay, haystack needle, whatever, <laughs> faster. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So what's, so let me ask you this question. You maybe you've thought about it. Maybe you have a good answer. What is the future? Because right now, in California, yeah. June fifteenth, it was like the floodgates. Nobody wants nobody wants to do Zoom calls anymore. Nobody wants to do Zoom yeah. meetings. They want everything in person. They don't want to do sessions. Uh, I think it's yeah. going to bounce right back. Um, yeah. Maybe not to the same degree. So what what's your prediction for events? You know, in the next six to five six months to five years, really. So Alex, I think, um, again, as we had mentioned earlier, um, I think events are amazing. I think from millions of years that human beings have lived on this earth, you know, whenever the tribe comes together and dances around the fire, you gotta be there. I mean, come on. You know, if you were the, in the neighborhood and birthday party and you were not invited, you feel like the world's crumbling on your head. So it's just it, part of our innate human nature to gather, right? So the point is that's not gonna go away. It should not go away. Why would it go away? The point is, how can we make it better? Right. So the, the boring parts of an event, the, the parts that nobody enjoys is sitting there from nine to five in, you know, all day on, on a you know, uncomfortable chair looking at PowerPoint. Why do you need to do that? So people get the most amount of value <laughs> at, for the networking at an event, listening to those most amazing speakers and then maybe having a quick bite or a quick drink with one of those speakers being like, hey, I love what you said, tell me more. And or you know huddling around with you know like minds and you know and, and crafting an amazing new deal about something. So those experiences which people enjoy and love keep those. So what we talk about is called the flipped classroom, which is in the education space where you do your lectures online and you meet the professor to actually ask questions. Yeah. Same exact concept. Bring that into events. 
In the pre-event phase, do all of your 100 and 200 level content, all the intro stuff, get it out, done with, for like literally a fraction of the money yeah. so that people are, they're ready, primed up, they understand what is going on. The, the matchmaking system will give you options around matchmaking for networking purposes. You do a couple of Zoom calls with the right people before the event. So when you are there, you're not there for six days because why is it six days? Because there's a thousand sessions. <laughs> get those done. Okay, so there for two days, and you are deep diving into the content, three, four hundred level at that stage. You're having those side meetings because you've already asked Alex, what does he do? The question is not, hey, Alex, what do you do? That's already been done 15 days ago. So now you're here sitting yeah. on it, crafting a deal with Alex, right? And then you're doing your lunches, you know, and obviously the parties and all that fun stuff, which all everybody enjoys. Nobody enjoys what is 80% of the 80% of the event is PowerPoint, you know, all day, every day. Nobody, yeah. wa nobody wants that. So get that out of the equation. Let's focus on the fun part and actually the, the value of an event and let's get that done. So that's the future of the event, uh, of the event uh, experience, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So, so take care of all of the PowerPoints and presentations to get yep. you primed ahead of time yes. virtually. Uh, go to an event space, wherever it is, and, and go to those high, go to those deeper, deeper conversations and discussions about those topics, meet the people you want to meet, still network, still take people out to dinner, you know, do a lot of those, a lot of this buying and selling, but come with a, with the knowledge and, and essentially the foundation of what this thing, what, what the conversation is going to be about. So that you know what you're getting into, you yeah. already have a full roster of meetings already set up. You're not going running around with a bunch of business cards like, hey man, somebody yeah. please. Okay, it's more like, hey, here's my 20 meetings. Yeah. Here's my five sessions I'm going to attend. Here's two deep dives. Here's my six, you know, lunches and I'm done. You know, it's just, that's it. You know, so yeah. it's just like very focused because that is the experience actually which already does happen at events. But that's like 2% of the audience, the CXOs, right? For 98% of the audience, that experience doesn't happen. The CXO has an army of people who do it for them, right? They don't go to those PowerPoint presentations. They don't, yeah. right? They go to side meetings and close yeah. deals. Well, everybody should do that. Why only the 2% of the audience, right? That's interesting. Have you, have you, is that something they, we can do, companies can come and do on your platform now? Absolutely. So we, yeah, we've already done a couple of hybrid events for our customers. Uh, you know, some people were the, you know, a little bit early, especially international. And then uh, certainly a lot of our customers, uh, again, we work with all sorts of companies, Microsoft, Salesforce, uh, you know, Capgemini, United Airlines, all sorts of uh, companies. And they all are planning hybrid events, you know, uh, end of this year and certainly next year yeah yeah that's great so so you've got so you've got stuff booked through this year some of next year are companies waiting to to book things you know and these events take massive effort to plan um, mm -hmm. and usually dates are set three four years in advance are you are you getting companies signing up for middle end of 2022 or is everybody pumping the brakes to say let's see what happens so I would say at this stage, Alex, again, we do all sorts of events, right? We do smaller ones, yeah, right. 200 people. We also do events which are 50,000 people. So it just depends on what they're trying to do. One thing they've also realized, and as you said, it was a very good point you made. It takes two years to plan these things. Why? Because it's a venue. It's a place you have to book two years in advance. Yeah. You have to like, you know, book all those vendors who bring all that blah, blah, blah in there. That is the friction of an event. You don't need to do those things because to run business, you should be able to do a bunch of that stuff online already. So you don't need to go and get a mega, mega, mega massive convention center. Sorry, convention center people, but maybe you can do 10 <laughs> events in one convention center at the same time. I'm, I'm going to take your business away. But bottom line is 
You don't need hundreds of meeting rooms. You don't. Okay, when you go in there, it's just like a very personalized experience for you, very targeted audience. And you can have multiple events throughout the year. Why only one massive conference? By the time you meet them next year, the whole world has changed and moved on. <laughs> Why are you like only touching them once a year? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But yeah. that was a limitation of space. But that has gone away now, right? So the point is there's a virtual convention center available. Go and do whatever yeah. you want in there. There's no limitation. You can have it for five days or 500 days. It's up to you, right? So the goal is to co connect with your community. Uh, and then, yes, have those, I think, smaller, more targeted niche experiences versus mega events where everybody's parked in a pack like sardines. You can't even get proper internet in there. You cannot even get food in there. It's just like, who wants all that? So pro more, uh, I would say, tailored niche experiences in person and a lot of this, you know, mega stuff happening online. Yeah. Yeah. I, lo I love that model because you're, you're, able to, you're able to tailor the value to the smaller niche and be more precise with what you're offering and what you're educating and what the what the purpose of even being there is versus like you said 50,000 people uh, unless it's Comic-Con, you know, I don't know why there needs to be 50,000 person events for, yeah. you know, for for work related conferences. Yeah. yeah. So it makes sense. If it's a festival, I would love that. You know, because you want to be part of that 50,000 people. But no, you don't want to do that with 50,000, you know, khakis and blue shirts, man. Who wants to do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I love it. Well, it sounds like I, I think I agree with your future of events. Um, you know, there's there's like one side of me that says, let's get back to in person. I miss the community. You know, we're part of, uh, we lead the HubSpot user group of San Diego for the last three years those like quarterly in-person meet everybody who's using HubSpot, discuss it. We, you know, we went virtual. It's been fine. Um, but I do think there's going to be a hybrid because on one hand, we are now reaching more people than we've ever reached yeah. versus yeah. just our region. But on the same side, I think there's going to be this like hybrid of how do we maintain both communities? Because there's some people that want to be part of it, but can't be there, can't travel can't uh -huh. be there out of the zone. And I think that's, uh, I think that's like one element of it. And I think this idea of get, get all of, uh, I don't want to say the boring stuff, but a lot of the foundational stuff that you don't want to sit in a weird conference room uh, with an uncomfortable chair where the temperature is either too cold or too hot. Uh, yeah. When you can do that yeah. at home, you can do that at your office. Yeah. You can do it while, mm -hmm. you know, doing other things mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. I mean, that is how we consume all of our content, Alex. Why would yeah. we not do that otherwise? Right? So in, yeah. in the work world, why the work world is uncomfortable, there's no need for it. We don't need yeah. to torture ourselves while we work. You know, get all that stuff done. So when you meet, it's that camaraderie because that is what you're meeting these people for, exchanging ideas. You're already on the same page. You've already had a Zoom call with that person before you got in yeah. there. So you already know what Alex does. So now you're yeah. like talking about the details of the deal versus saying, hey, Alex, what do you guys do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's all for the online. Yeah. yeah. I love this. This is great. Okay. Uh, you know, that's all the time we have. So how can people, uh, should people connect with you on LinkedIn? Should, uh, you know, do you have, are you on Twitter? I'll post all these in the show notes, but what's the best way to reach you? I think the best way would be LinkedIn. Uh, you know, again, the company Social 27. My name's Ike Kehal. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, but again, Social 27 is the company. We have, a, we have a company account if you want to connect with that as well. Sure. Yeah. Well, great. Thank you so much. I mean, I think I think uh, this is such a relevant topic, especially as people are going back into quote unquote normal. Um, and I think this is 
relevant because everyone's asking themselves, you know, marketing managers, directors all over the place, should we do virtual or should we go in person? And I think there's, Mm -hmm. I think you gave some good advice and good answers to why you should have both. Certainly. Absolutely. Whatever works for your community and give them the ability to choose whichever, uh, you know, format works best for them. Again, the sports analogy, which I made earlier, right? So the goal is if sports can do it and we all enjoy it that way, why not for events as well, other events as well? Yeah. Well, great. Well, thank you so much. No, thank you so much, Alex, for having me. It was a pleasure talking to you and uh, we'll continue this dialogue some other day. Take care. That's the show. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can find more about Ike and you can and his company. I put the the links in the show notes. And you know, tune in next week for our helpful hot take. You know, Ike walks us through some some tips and ideas of starting a virtual event or deciding if you should have a virtual event. And you know, I think one of the biggest takeaways for me was this idea of the hybrid. You know, everything we like about events, the events or like the networking the dinners, the happy hours, the keynotes, like the big, you know, the meetings, the people you meet, those things are all important. And all the sessions that are kind of monotonous and the same and PowerPoints and just sitting in uncomfortable rooms going through those, do all those ahead of time. Do make those prereqs to come into the in-person and more people can learn that kind of one-on-one information to gear up for maybe more detailed, more topic discussions, more meetings, small group networking, you know, having enjoying yourself and, and making connections. So I think there's the future for events is bright. Um, and I think more people are going to get more value out of them as well. So thank you so much. Listen in again next week for the helpful hot take. Subscribe to the podcast at Spotify, Apple, or on our website at veganspoint.com. Thanks for listening to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast hosted by me, Alex Mead. The B2B Growth Marketer Podcast is sponsored by Beacons Point. Beacons Point is a growth marketing agency that creates a video-first content approach to attract the right customer and deliver the message at the right time. Find out more at beaconspoint.com. This week's episode is produced by Summer Myers. Thanks for listening. See you next time.